0: Howdy, Meeps. Welcome to the Meeple Syrup Show. Come on. Hey. Hey, welcome, everyone. It is Wednesday and it is Meeple Syrup Time. And for those of you who, yeah, it's like peanut, what is that? Peanut butter jelly time. time. (laughs) Right, right. It's Meeple Syrup Time. So uh, for those of you who aren't at Origins, welcome. Uh, we we want to talk to you here while we're here. That's great. Uh, as you can tell, neither of us are at Origins, and we're semi-sad, semi-sad. But we're also kind of glad because we've got lots of other <laughs> stuff that we need to do as well in time yes. for Gen Con and Dice Tower Con and all yeah. sorts of other things. I just got a, a note to say that I'm speaking at San Diego Comic-Con, so Ooh. I should be going there, and we'll see what happens. I don't know. <clears throat> I have a plus one if you want to come.
1: I'd like to go. I was actually, cause I, the, the two things that, you know, that I'm working on, I was yeah, like, yeah. do you guys need me there? Like what's going on? I wasn't really sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was like, Oh, I would love to go at some point. My only problem is, is Dice Tower is just before it. And I'm yeah. doing two panels at Dice Tower, uh, which is like, I, that's awesome. I've actually was asked to be uh, a guest for Dice Tower this year. So Oh, was that's, like, nice. oh that's so nice. That's awesome. Um, uh, well it's funny. Cause I, I got reached out by two different people. And at first I was oh. like, are you asking me for the same panel? Because I was like, this person already asked me. They're like, no, no, no. We want you to do this one too. I was like, totally oh, I wasn't sure if you guys panel. were coordinating. <laughs> so no, anyway. that's great. That's good to hear. Yeah, but San Diego's like, and then my family's gonna have vacation. And then I think um it's right after that. Right. So I'll be honest, I have prices being watched on my phone, but I don't know if I'm actually <laughs> going.
0: <laughs> right, right. Perfect. Well, I mean otherwise I'd love to the way it goes yeah let me know um so hello to trevor who is watching which is great and you know what we're gonna start this off with this wonderful news we are over 1,000 followers on our facebook page which is great and the shop talk page is up over 500 and some 550 maybe as of today which is wonderful Mm -hmm. as well so thank you guys so much thanks everyone for being part of our community We love you, we love talking to you, we love discussing games and design and all that stuff with you. So please keep being a part of the community. And if you have friends and even enemies who are designers, uh, drag them over by the scruff of the neck to the Meeple Syrup Show. Uh, Why? Because we like talking design with all sorts of designers, all walks of life. So just don't start fights with them. <laughs> yeah, not on the show. We are a fight-free page. Fight free page. Yeah, it is awesome. Thanks, Trevor. Uh so today Eric and I are doing something a little bit different because Jesse's in Greece. Uh is the word. Greece is the word. He is at a conference <laughs> in Greece. Uh I don't know what he's doing, some neuroscience philosophy some stuff. Sciencey. Oh, something, something, something. Uh, but we're going to talk about variety today. So today's talk is about purposeful variety. And Erica and I tend to be, or trend to be, I don't know, it's a its a habit, I think, between the it's both of us. It's a habit we both do. That we want to be as versatile as possible. Versatile as possible. Shem Phillips is saying he has plenty of designer enemies, not really. You're a New Zealander. How can New Zealanders have enemies, right? All of those nemesis within the design world. Right. Oh, like the like the baby with the single eyebrow from The Simpsons, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but we're going to talk about purposeful variety today. And for some reason, Eric and I happen to be really good at this. Uh, we actually purposely try not to duplicate any game that we've ever done mm-hmm. in terms of uh, mechanics mostly I mean thematics are usually not duplicated. well
1: I'll be fair I tried not to and <laughs> it and got changed on me so I ended up looking like that's why I have two tree games coming at the same time one was not a tree it was a crab but it that's okay. a crab
0: I will vote for the crappiness <laughs> of that of Kodama 3D so, it used to be a crab yeah
1: I do intentionally were to make them very okay, distinctively So, So, different.
0: I mean, let's talk about those two games just right now, because one of them's on Kickstarter and the other one's just being released um, by Floodgate right now. Mm. And they are both tree games, but one of them no. is literally about building a tree vertically. Mm-hmm. Right? That's Kadama 3D. Yep. Which is Thematically linked to Kadama, the card game where you build it on the table flat. So this is vertically building it up with interlocking pieces,
1: mm-hmm. right? and you have to worry about balancing this a lot more than you do at the original game because the tree actually could fall over, and you That'd don't want that. Anymore. It's bad. It actually is right? bad.
0: And then you don't want to drop pieces. So, mm-hmm. and then Bosque is a kind of a really an area control area game, control. right? Yeah. And yep. so, yes, the same theme didn't start out that way, but very different mechanics. And Mm. even when you're doing area control stuff or if you have multiple area control things like uh, Roar Pride Alliance is, what would you consider that? It's it's area
1: control as well.
0: But Um, how do they differ?
1: it's that's the thing is like the your interaction with the other people is completely different Mm -hmm. and so you cannot compare the experiences because the way that you interact with another person isn't even comparable really Mm -hmm. so in boss you're spreading leaves which you're actively moving in wind directions but you're choosing they can meander so you're choosing intentionally where you're somewhat heading towards and you're trying to spread across as much territory as possible but that's a bit as far as the comparison with Roar would go because you're also trying to spread, but spreading can also be a bad thing in Roar. So you have to be careful about it. In Bosque, it's not really because you do want to be as many places as possible, but the interaction with people like a leaf is on the more wind. Like, like a leaf on the wind. And mm-hmm. the interaction with people is more of an overlapping. So I'm going to take over your little tiny territory right. with one of my leaves. Uh, it doesn't push you out the same way. You still have, you know, at least potentially a stake around you, but I'm going to cover up this one. I'm taking this one space. Um, and then the other interaction would be like, you know, you're sort of not aggressively attacking other people. You're doing it in a sort of <laughs> nice way because you can intentionally circle the tree and make them cost more. But that's about as far as the meanness really goes. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Roar, you are intentionally pushing people around the board. You are uh, so the mechanics all work around the way lions actually work. I guess that's the one thing that I'll say to is leaves blow across the ground in crazy ways and lions actually do the things they're supposed to do in the game so they can they can roar and actually attract females to them so they're stealing your ladies you can push sm- like smaller prides out of the way because in lions they don't really fight each other if i'm bigger than you you can leave like that's just how it works and so that's you can literally just push people out of territories and they have to disperse into territories that are un either unassumed or their own or something like that. If you have nowhere to go, you're gonna start losing lions because they have nowhere to hunt, right? Right, People take over and actually take away from all of you. So they take over the most uh, fertile land on the map. Mm -hmm. And if you happen to exist there, they will push you out. And they are a factor that can actually kill you because lions don't really kill each other. Humans kill lions. In fact, the (coughs) six lions that are in that game, four of them are extinct humanity. (laughs) Thanks a lot, humans. Well, they actively killed them. Right. So there was there was actually going to be an expansion for the game, too, originally. And there was going to be tigers, because tigers are aggressive. So in lions, they just push each other around. In tigers, they will flat out attack the human. And we're like, we were going to have some back and forth going on there.
0: Right. Mm, but maybe-
1: yeah, so area control. But I feel like the minute you start, you're like, no, no, no. These are not the same at
0: all. Right. So, I mean, let's talk about some designers who tend not to be very varying in their designs. Well, I think
1: people try to perfect. Like, there is an art to design. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to talk about that a lot. And there's two schools of this. And I think this is the same for any art. You either kind of pick a style and you perfect it. Like, that is your goal. You you love it. Because it's that 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 slow, uh, slow build to perfection. Right. You know what I mean? And you could tell people who love that kind of stuff because you've seen that game coming like... It's sort of like the same one, but you can feel where they've grown each time or where they took it in a slightly different way of the same thing, right? Uh, Yeah, so I think you end up with that. And then the other school of design is like the intentional design challenge. So, you know, if you're learning any new art design, you are going to kind of do like a – let's say you're drawing, you're going to do studies on all these specific things. So you learn how to do live, still life, you know, different types of lighting, abstract, like whatever it is, you're going to practice each one of them. You're never going to do the same thing over and over and over again, because mm-hmm. how are you going to learn how to do all the other ones? And so that's kind of the other side. Yeah, of design. Yeah, and yeah. You're kind of one or the other, like it's a personality thing, I think. And we both fall into the, but you need to do a study on each one if you're going to get right. better and better.
0: That's, that's how I feel anyways. The, uh, the other thing I think Jay and I, when we started, we said, hey, let's make one of every type of game. And <laughs> so that's what we started to do. We started to make one of each type of game. Um, whereas with Jesse, Jesse really loves deck building, like loves deck building. And so of a lot of the games that we end up making end up having deck building as part of the engine in some way whether it's like really mild deck building or like this is a hardcore deck building game like mutants is a is a deck building game and cora mm-hmm. is has a deck building engine uh and a couple of the games that we're working on have deck building <coughs> as part of it not the whole thing but definitely as part of it and so he really 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 likes deck building but he also likes other stuff really? so yeah but Jay and I consciously made the decision uh, to do the other MVP. Oftentimes in game design, when I talk MVP, I'm talking about a minimum viable product or project or prototype or whatever you want to say. Uh, but when Jay and I talk about MVP, uh, the P is for persistence. The M is for, I think, motivation. I can't remember. And the V, though, the V is for versatility. And very interestingly enough, this very morning, I got a call a uh, well, uh, a Facebook message from a publisher's representative person, a representative, representative, yeah, that's that's the word, uh, from Europe, who said, hey, would you be able to develop this game? I know you haven't done one of these before. Like, it's a very big, you know, heavy-duty, miniatures, all that style game. You know, you haven't had one published before, but you're, like, super versatile, so we know you can do it. And so, you know, we've already made sort of a name for ourselves, Jay and I, as being versatile, which has got us a lot of work in, well, everything, right? So, when Ooh. some weird museum wants a game, they're gonna email us, right? <laughs> uh, we're
1: not to talk about that yet, I don't think.
0: I don't know what weird museum we were. I don't know
1: what weird I don't know. what You're you
0: talking, talking about. Talking? About a hypothetical strange museum. Um, okay. Or, you know, if a company says, hey, here's a comic book, we'd like a game for it. Oh, J mm-hmm. and Sen make all sorts of games. They could do this. So it's it's interesting because we've actually got this this weird little following of people who follow J and games because we make different games every time. But they know they're at a level of quality that they enjoy, um, which is very different than uh, some of the people who are like, all I do is this style game. So uh, let's throw Matt Leacock under the bus because he's my friend. So we can do that. (laughs) Uh, So Matt Leacock. You can be mad at Sam. It's fine. You can be totally mad at me, Matt. It's okay. Um, So Matt has kind of two style of games that he's really known for. Uh, Obviously, co-op is one Mm -hmm. thing and very much in that pandemic style with the deck pushing against you. Um, And then the other type of game that Matt has been getting a lot of play recently. And you'll see the new one at Origins, if you're there, it's called Era. And it is like a dice rolling sieve um, builder, which is super good and super cool. I don't know, Erica, did you get to play it at the gathering? No. It's really neat. Yeah. Um, so if you are at Origins, do play it, because it's wonderful. Um, But those are the two kind of genres that we see Matt doing a lot of. So he's the guy that is going to get tapped for, you know, when Thunderbirds need a co-op game, they brought Matt in. Uh, When, uh, you know, you need another interesting co-op for kids to play or, you know, families to play, Game Right said, hey... I wonder if Matt Leacock could make us a a series Mm. of games in tin boxes, right? So, I mean, he is that kind of guy who would probably say, yeah, I'm trying to perfect this. Uh, I have some other little things here and there. Um, And we've played lots of Matt's other games, uh, like um, the one, the Venn Diagram one. Do you remember that one, Erica? I don't know if I do. It's now Spools of Yarn. That sounds familiar. It's, it's really cute. It's a good game. It just came out and it's at the weirdly strange time with code names and code names hit and mm. Matt's game really didn't as much. Although we all liked Matt's game as well at the same time as we were playing. Hey, uh, timing is everything. It really is, right? <laughs> um, so other people, you know, if you looked at Carl Chedek's games, he has a very, very specific card-based Multi-use cards, that's what he does, and that's what he's really good at. Uh, Vito lacertas games are, like, super complicated, heavy, pushy Euros where you're pushing cubes through a tube of vacuums that does things and changes your cubes into different cubes. Um, and so, I you know, and even, like, uh, Uwe uh, Rosenberg, um, although he has, like couple different styles he Mm -hmm. has recently tended to do a couple things which are you know the resource engine type games but then also the uh polyomino type games so it's interesting to see people sort of specify this is where i'm going and this is what i'm going to try to excel at or do this game (coughs) in or do this similar style of mechanic in several varieties i guess like two player with patchwork multiple players with whatever right so I, I think it's interesting. It's just not what I want to do. So I, I wonder, mm. I wonder why that is. Are we weird, Erica? Is this the-
1: no, I don't think so. I think it depends on like, I think there's a couple of things that I was thinking when I was listening to you first, I was thinking, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. I think it is nitwits cause I funny enough, I think I actually have it cause Chris Chung likes to dump games at my house when he doesn't want them in his house anymore. I don't know if people know that, but he does <laughs> anyway. Um, so what I was thinking is of people like Phil Walker Harding, who you know, very very well known for sushi go, but look at all the directions he's going right now, right? Like I feel like he kind of decided in the last couple of years, like I'm going to make one of everything, and he really is doing it, and I like them all. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I think that's great.
0: You know what's interesting though, like I think Phil's games are tied together by a certain Philness
1: yes but at the same time mechanically they're becoming quite dramatically different from each yeah, other yeah. yes I mean technically like I could say there's some themes where you can see race picked up like I think he, he did a gingerbread one with the those polyominoes and then silver and gold has polyominoes as well but mm. in using a different way yeah. kind of so you know what I mean like yeah there's themes where you can see someone's process well you watch actually their no you know published. what
0: I, I think I think Phil's secret is his scoring hmm I think that's, that's Bill's secret is how he works on uh really clean and simple scoring mechanics that make you play in different ways. And that, I think it's mm-hmm. good. Um, I was going
1: to say, the other thing I was thinking about is people who might get shoehorned, they actually do do a lot of other types of games. It's almost like people don't, or could, but people don't take notice mm-hmm. uh, because they want them to do one thing. And so you'll hear right. Eric Lang talk about this sometimes because he does like to make other types of games, but, Everybody said or wants the same thing from him and so he's almost feels like he's disappointing fans if he doesn't make them what they're asking for but sure, then true. yeah i can see that you know
0: yeah sad to yeah. be eric it's so sad
1: <laughs> like uh, i guess it's what happens when if you get known for a very specific thing yeah
0: like dudes uh, on a map right eric yeah. should make, only make dudes on a map games well, there's people you. who honestly you. think that. I know, I know. Uh, Paul is saying that uh, Vlada, Vlada Shpatso does one of everything. Yeah, he's definitely. He does.
1: I think he picks something. Who... Goes. I'm going to do
0: that next. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's really interesting. Uh, so out there in Meeple Syrup Land, if you guys are in the chat, just type below and let us know if you think there are people who do one thing really well, or if you know of people who are very versatile and what do they do. Uh, let us know your thoughts on the different designers that you're fans of. So yeah, Mm -hmm. no, go
1: ahead. I was gonna say, I think the main thing, the reason I like purposeful variety is it changes your thinking dramatically. So when you're choosing, I I don't think it actually matters if it's a theme or mechanic, what you're immediately doing is going into a thought process of how would I deliver this, but intentionally make it something that you didn't do before. Like, it's almost like mm-hmm. you're turning off all the thoughts of things you've already done and said, that's not allowed. And so you are limiting yourself in some ways, but then dramatically doing the opposite in the other ways, because when you only mind limiting a few things, but you're really saying to yourself, pick everything else, Right. right? And it's a very conscious effort and it's a good way to kind of retrain your brain a little bit so you can change those directions. That's a really of how good point. you're thinking.
0: Right? Really good point. Uh, Paul Saxberg is also saying that this idea about purposeful variety is a publisher thing, too, that Roxley doesn't want to end up in a niche. And, you know, that, that's very true. So if you look at the Roxley games, there's Brass, Brass Like Shire, and um, Dice Throne. So Dice Throne was an acquisition of the game from Nate Tallier and Manny. Um, and That's a very different game than the other games that, um, you know, you might think of as a Ruxley game. Uh, But when you think of a roxly game, you actually don't think of a mechanic or a genre. What do you think of? I think of quality. I was actually going to use the exact same word. I think people, the very first thing they think is, is like, ooh, pretty quality. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So Santorini, great quality. Uh, Dice Throne now, great quality. And it was before, Brass. too. Don't get me wrong. Brass is amazing quality. Um, Steampunk Rally, great quality, right? So, and uh, even I think uh, Super Mother Load was uh, still under the Roxy brand. And, I, you know, that was a good quality game, too. So there's a lot, a lot of stuff to say that, you know, maybe they don't mechanically have a similarity or thematically have a similarity, but the similarity is that everything under that brand is high quality in um, components and art and all that kind of stuff. So I mean, maybe that's our brand that we're versatile, right? And that might be the selling, I don't <laughs> know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, as I said, like I really do, unless if someone's asking me for something that's obviously a little bit different, but it's its own design challenge. Cause mm-hmm. someone's saying like, think within this box and that in itself is a different approach. But for the most part, if I'm doing it just for me, I don't I don't want to keep going back to the same well. It's I, I want to attempt a new theme. Mm-hmm. I, I most of the time the real reason is like I want to learn something new. I want right. to learn how to do that. I think the only warning I have for constantly trying to change up your style it takes a lot of components <laughs> it can get a little it, i'm not joking it can get kind of costly because what you don't realize is certain styles of games to, to suit certain pieces or right. things that you need to have around and the more of these you attempt the more variety of random crap you start to accumulate yeah.
0: so this is a neat one shem phillips is saying that uh, Stephen feld uh, manages to remain quite unique but still, very much within a very focused style, right? And I mean, even so much so that we have a term for his games: they're eldian games, right? Yeah, uh, I
1: people yeah. have flair, man. You know what I mean? Like, I, four people could draw the exact same picture, all be great at drawing, but you're still gonna be like, "But I like that one." Well, right? I was just gonna actually because- mention
0: that. Speaking of Shem uh, and Garp Hill Games and the relationship that Shem has with the Miko. Um, so all the games have a style to them. All the games have a look to them. All the games, you know, are named very similarly to like paladins of the north. I can't remember which way the paladins went and architects of the, you know, northeast. Jim's going to yell at me in a second. Um, direction, yeah. yeah. Right. It's always a direction plus a thing. And, um, they're stylistically similar but not the same and I wonder Shem if you can answer this question in the chat do you think of yourself as um you know a very focused kind of designer or a purposely variety-ish designer that's not a word I'm inventing words left, right, and center. Today. Well,
1: you know what? I think we're starting to see it in different types of games right now too because, you know, normally you just have an expansion and it's maybe a slightly different version of the same thing. But then, like, I'm going to say, okay, so Kadama is actually a really good example. This is the fourth game. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, the third game was Avenue Redone as Kadama. Like, think about how different these games have become. Right. One was cards building trees. One was a roll in flip whatever you want to call it, I'll call it roll and flip, right. rebranded to be Kadama, And then mm-hmm. the most recent one was the crabs, which totally made sense turning into the trees, but sure. now you're 3d building, like it's set collection and dexterity.
0: Right. So, but all, this all that, an art style. This right. Yeah. So did Quan Chi do the art for that as well? Yeah. Good. Okay, cool. So that's really yeah. neat that, that, you know, a lot of people are relating a uh, game, Name plus artist with a style, and that's cool. And that's exactly what Shem was just saying. He said, um, you know, he's trying to make Garp games more niche focused, uh, niche slash focus, but he still wants to design other games. And so, uh, like one of the ones that he just had coming out, uh, uh I can't pronounce it, Nautiluca through Z Man. Um, I look at it, I want to say something else, I want to say Nautilus. But it um, does look like Nautilus for you. I know some of the wrong letters. I know. <laughs> um, oh, Paul Saxburg said, uh, Friedemann, Friedemann and Fice Games with the green covers and the F titles. Um, that's that's a brand, right? So are, are we talking about a brand? Is that, is well, that he kind of is. Mean? Like he oh, literally he totally sports is.
1: green. Like he, if you've never seen this man, <laughs> he is like green from head to toe. But it's kind of adorable when you see because I don't I find he kind of walks are like not tough, but like, sort of like, almost, I don't know, maybe a little standoffish. And then you see him places where he's like chatting to his kids or something like that. You're like such a weird juxtaposition personality. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So Shem is making a really good point here that as a designer, he likes to try different styles. But now that he's built a brand as a publisher, he wants those particular games to be in that style. I agree. That's true.
1: Is, is you either basically have to say I'm focused or don't have a focus. It is a stance one way or another. If you're setting up a brand, right? Because Mm -hmm. your brand needs to be consistent and stand for something. So either you have to stand for consistency or you literally stand for no consistency, but you can't be in between. Right. Right. And so I think what people try to do, if they're going to have variety of gameplay, then is they have to decide what is their style. So kind of like the idea is like every like you know exactly is everybody every box green and starts with an f do we intentionally look for games that have components intentionally because it means that you can up the quality on them and make them all tricked out and that's sort of your flair is it you want to miniaturize every game and so you're only looking for things that have that quality that can you know uh, our brand Vietnam, is to make them this yeah. big yeah. right? and so that's your that's your that's your focus. That's your point of view. That's how, why you are not everybody else. And if that's not clear, then nobody knows why they need to really pay attention to you because who are you? Right?
0: <laughs> right? So back to purposeful variety from a design standpoint. Um, I like the challenge. I really do. I like the, mm. the challenge of let's not make what we just made or let's do something similar or a similar theme or similar world, but in a different style. So people are still asking us, like seven years, nine years later, to make Belfort the dice game, and we just have never done it because we can't figure it out yet. We we've tried a couple things, but
1: no, that's fair. If you're like, it doesn't click. This is when the idea comes, yeah. it comes, or it yeah. hasn't
0: clicked in a way that uh, like we could make a Belfort dice game. It we doesn't just want to, <laughs> to try to make it like <laughs> Belfort, yeah, right. And it we want it to be good because so it's a good game.
1: Well, I was going to say, some things translate easily and mm-hmm. some things don't. And so unless you see, I that's the other thing is like purposely uh, designing games, lots of different types of games start to get to you to appreciate them. And you actually start becoming more open to playing that genre. Not to say you're ever closed off, but like all of a sudden oh, yeah. when you have an appreciation for them, you start to seek them out more. And so funny enough, they can start design, solving design problems for you because you're like,
0: oh, that's what people do in this sort of game. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right. And you're like, okay, how would I do that thing in this type of game?
0: Right. Even a couple of our games have been we like this genre of game or this mechanic, but there's something wrong about it. Let's fix it. Mm. So that often was a starting point for games where it's like like even Junk Art had that. So Junk Art, part of the origin of Junk Art was um the card part of it was we didn't like, uh, We love Baosak. We love playing with the pieces and making the towers and it's cool, but in Baosak you just feel around in the bag for whatever you want. So you like, you know Mm. what piece you're going to get. That's not fun. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's auction versions and things like that, but, uh, for the one where you're just reaching in the bag, it's like, that's kind of silly. So that's when we decided, let's give every piece a card. And when that happened, Mm -hmm. the world sort of opened up to us. And it's like, oh. You're like, you're forced to do something. We could use these cards to do like lots of things now, like play poker or, or, you know, the cards now have something you can physically use these cards for. Or we could have the cards be, you know, I split, you choose. You know, we could do a lot of stuff with cards in, instead of just the big physical pieces. So that was the crux of that was the idea. Let's, let's, something different let's fix a game and be versatile in that way so yeah Uh, I I think there's a lot of a lot of of good things in being versatile um but because I think so uh, yeah right (laughs) maybe it's because I don't know what the other side of the fence is like Um, it would not suit my personality. I can't do
1: the same thing again and again and again. I know some people that's their comfort zone. That is the opposite to me. That's like a nightmare. And it's probably why I enjoy teaching is, yes, I know the content is somewhat the same, but I can decide how the hell I want to present that every single time I do it. I can be like, I'm going to make a fool of myself and make the kids laugh this time. I'm going to turn it into this activity Mm -hmm. this time. I'm going to make them build it themselves this time. Like I... I need that.
0: <laughs> oh, me too. So, like my brain is a, a whirlwind of chaos. So, I think it's uh, maybe it's personality style. I should, I, should I think do so. Some, I should do some personality tests on like Matt Peacock and Stephen, Stephen Feld. And
1: just, like, wouldn't that be funny if designers all took a personality I test think, and we'd like, <laughs> see? I should Cause actually everyone... do that. Well, people were doing that that Adobe one, right? That really easy yeah, personality yeah, yeah. one that people were doing just for the fun of it. it. kind of spread really quickly. But imagine actually doing one that was a little bit more involved. Obviously, they yeah. all tend to be taking a grain of salt. But at the same time, they're pretty good overviews, right? Without being yeah, too specific. To be. Someone so. Some of them can
0: be. Like, I would probably just do, like, a, you know, your basic uh, big five personality test um, and see, you know, what designers came out as what and that'd be that would interest me greatly that would be fun yeah so yeah 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 um so because jesse's not here we asked him to do something a little special a little different for the show no he's not going to teleport here from from greece but he did write some questions so uh, let's let's see what did jesse ask us so we have uh, some questions from jesse Mm -hmm. do you have them or do you want me to read them no, you read them because I don't have them at all.
1: <laughs> okay. So so Jesse decided that he's going to do like a mini interview <laughs> on the two of us uh, while he was gone. So I don't know if he like dropped the questions and ran, but we'll, we'll find out. Uh, here we go. For question number one, what is currently, uh, what is the current published game that you've designed, which you think is the most unique product you have contributed to the market overall? Oh,
0: that's a good question. Uh, mm-hmm. So for me, I really, I still think it's Akrotiri. I think Akrotiri does a lot of stuff differently than a lot of other games. Um, it's the, my favorite game of all the games we've designed in terms, well, for a lot of reasons. I mean, I've told this story a million times, so I'm not going to tell it today. Um, but yeah, Akrotiri, I think, solved a problem in a unique way, and we're really, we were really happy with how we did it. And it paid off in terms of support from fans. Uh, it's one of the you know, most loved two-player games out there at, a, at that crunch level, right? So we, we were really happy to strike gold with that one. What about you? What do you think is the... It's a hard one, as I have a little fruit fly flying in front of my camera here. Um, you know
1: what I was thinking? Because it was funny enough, the one we got the most feedback, positive and negative on, which mm-hmm. I think makes it maybe then things people aren't used to seeing. Uh, BOSC has essentially two play phases um, that are almost kind of like two mini games that are completely connected to each other. So you need one to play the other. And interestingly, people either were take the front half off and play the back end, take the back end off, play the front end. It was really interesting, the feedback on that game, because there was a lot of people who didn't get why it was... Like it was, why is it basically two games? Is that what we were asked? It's like, why didn't you just make these two different games? We're like, but it is one game. You can't have the second part of it without doing the tree planting first anyway so obviously it's worked out because that's why you know it's a lesson shop your games around there's probably yeah. the right publisher for it not everyone's going to see the same thing right and so it was one of those things where I was like I didn't realize that this was going to be the issue <laughs> like other than you know
0: people are like
1: is it photosynthesis no no it's not <laughs> no. it's totally
0: not photosynthesis
1: it's got trees
0: <laughs> and so so you're thinking Bosque is at currently your most uh, the game that you've contributed to the the repertoire, the ludology that really showcases the versatility. And I that- think
1: right now because yeah. I think it might actually have people play it one day and go, it's possible to essentially create two phases of a game that don't play the same way but are are meant to go together, mm-hmm. right?
0: And don't use any um, different components except for like the the wind no. direction, right?
1: Yeah, one's just a setup for the second half of the game, mm. but it's still important to do it. It has its own strategies. So, yes. yeah, I get that they kind of seem like two separate games, but they're not. <laughs> it's no. one bigger game. <laughs> so, I mean, the fact that it was kind of throwing people so much um, made me think it's like, oh, I. I guess I don't see a lot of games that there's game, plenty of games with multiple phases, but the phases are very similar to each other. There's not a lot of changes because you're supposed to, <laughs> most games traditionally teach you how to play as you go through the le- the phases. So it gets more complicated, but some yeah. more complicated. So, so Bond b- and
0: if you don't know, like is a totally separate set of rules for the second half. Yeah. not that They're not complex or anything. And it's not, no. a, neither of the halves are long. They're like, you know, 20 minutes each half. Um and it they're, thematically they're really makes different.
1: sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And that was the whole idea is we literally like the entire start of that game was when we like I think Daryl said something like, I like the way leaves blow on the ground. What if that was like a game? I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> like <laughs> by the way, that's how we come up with
0: games. I like crabs and how they carry things like this. Oh, no, that came
1: that came from like a uh almost like a katamari uh, sorry katamaru what's the one when they spin around katamaru where the
0: one with the ball katamari damacy the video game
1: yeah katamari okay it was katamari uh i was thinking this idea the original idea for that one came from this idea that, that this blob thing that was rolling around but it was just purposely sticking bits on itself it was like collecting like parts or like pieces mm-hmm. and it was intentional set collecting it's like you wanted to get like a bicycle stuck to you and like a, a fire what? hydrant it was a little sillier but then it was kind of like okay what if this was more intentional and so then the, the di- design from that one changed to be what what things actually do put, pick things up and stick them on themselves and mm-hmm. we're like okay well decorator crabs actually do that that's how they build their things and so that's what it became this crazy dexterity game of you know Picking up coral pieces is what it really was originally, right. not tree. It was coral, it was set collection. You were trying to get types of coral, colors of coral, and you were making these branches, and you're only allowed three branches. So, like, all oh, that's the same rules that end up in Kadama. But that was the whole idea is that it's what about a game where something gets stuck to things?
0: Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so, I mean, a lot of the stuff sounds like it's versatility just by just divergent thinking right like Mm. just thinking very out there and outside the box which is cool doesn't always land
1: but when it does you know yeah maybe it'll be something interesting or like people won't hate it (laughs) um next one is which of your currently published designs was the most challenging to see through to the finish i'll be honest mine's still going
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah mine too um so erica probably can't talk about her yet but i can talk about mine so minus is Rush. I can't Rush. say
1: specifics. Yeah, you tell yeah. the King Rush. I can tell like a vague
0: idea of why it's complicated, not what it is. <laughs> the reason why, and it's like this for everything, by the way, uh, for me, is that whole thing that we're talking about today, the purposeful variety, is that when I'm driving and just churning out content that is the same, except just, you know, plus one, minus one, plus three, minus three, but it's a different type mm-hmm. of monster or whatever, I don't like that. For me, that's a grind. For other people, they really like you know tweaking the nitty gritty of like a few things here and a few points there, and oh, it's so different. Dude. But for me, it's like nope. I need a new game to start. I need to do something different, uh, and that's bad because I one hundred percent feel you. I have to make like eight levels of, of content for the expansion. So I mean, I can do it, and I, and I do. I don't not like no. It game. just means it's
1: not. It's not. It's, it's not, not, my not the favorite fun thing. part. Oh yeah. yeah, it's not. You can do it all day long. It's just not the fun part,
0: right? So uh, when Erica and I, when our game has no content, you'll know why. It's just a <laughs> game, no content.
1: <laughs> no, our game came together really fast. We just yeah. have to actually like make the pieces now. I'm yeah. confident in our game.
0: Yes, our game's be great.
1: Go for it. It's gonna yeah. be awesome. That's the other thing is Go we're both people who will. <laughs> uh, we're both people too who will just. Make it like that's the other thing I think to avoid getting into that rut of always having to do that. It's like for the most part, you just you have to just make the game and start immediately playing it and doing it and that kind of thing. Because yeah, then it's I not wasn't always, always
0: like <laughs> that. I wasn't always like that. I'll I'll admit it. Uh, that's more a Jay habit and a Jesse habit that has rubbed off on me over time. Um, but yes, we that's that's definitely the thing to do is make the game as soon as you can. Uh, but yeah, so crunching numbers to and to make content for my own games i dislike yeah. the funny side note of that is that i actually enjoy doing that for other people's games
1: i was just i was gonna say are you like doing an rpg technically
0: right or we're not even an rpg but for like any development work that i do i actually enjoy because i don't know the system yet so for me oh, when i'm developing that step back. yeah well that's part of it but i also get to get to dissect their system and figure out mm-hmm. how it works whereas when it's my own game i already know how it works this content should just appear out of my head, but it doesn't. It takes work.
1: <laughs> it's annoying. Yeah, actually, that's my my main one right now is um, it's been a, I'm it's like a year in, I think at this point. Uh, technically, it's six games. Uh, I'll be honest. Oh right, right. yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. Why it's hard is I'm doing all six at once. Yes, they're all based on the same system, but they all have very different things happening in all of them. So. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with the system. I think it's all fun. I hope people really, really enjoy it. But then I had to almost take a classic video game approach where every level is like, you're going to successively very different boss. Right. And so, because it is a combat based game, but with this one, there's a lot of uniqueness to it, including how the board is even created. Um, I can't get into why, but it's kind of my own fault. And, (laughs) uh, What that means is that I'm involved in every step of the process. Um, Like there's even like I was sent pictures today because there was some issue with the prototype of the board that they're making because they have to figure out how to manufacture it. And I was already kind of like, you know, oh, the reason it's not working is because, you know, to do this, you need something that I learned how to do and it'll go this. Anyway, it's a long story short, but it's kind of like you got to do this, this and this to fix it or like we'll keep coming back for like, we need, we needed to get new cards on this one or, you know, I'm working with the person who owns the content. So then also if they turn around and say, um, I don't like this anymore. I want this renamed. I want the, why haven't you put this picture on stuff? And they're not being demanding. I won't say that in any way, but it means you have to turn around and be like, Oh, okay. I have to change that right. while I'm still thinking about the other five games. And yeah. so I could say this is why development's really, really important is, I could, I absolutely ground at that first game like crazy, but then to keep the pace going, I need someone who's really going to help me like go through the next, the next ones to like, as they keep going up, even though it's like, I have figured out like all the characters and all their approaches and stuff like that. I need someone to do like the run-throughs because to do six games by yourself and do all the testing, it's kind of impossible.
0: <laughs> yeah. So in that case, um, variety, some of the variety isn't, I mean it's not as variety. I love it for the
1: game, but it's killing me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Interesting. So sometimes variety is also the mind killer because it's spice. Well, Get it?
1: Get it? You've given your you give it because the spice must flow. Um yes. yeah. I, fear, I think here is the mind is that, yeah, no, It's all <laughs> <good>. <laughs> well, so yeah. It's just the thing is when you have to like be in a project that long and think about every single detail um it's a lot like because i do work on other things on the side and that's part of it too is that and i think this is connected to something that jesse wrote i saw down further is that's a lot of things in the air and so i feel really bad sometimes when someone asks a question if i haven't thought about that particular game like let's say we've been talking about game one two and six (laughs) for the last like few weeks and someone brings up a question on like three i'm almost like i don't know you tell me uh, I have to go back and read that again to make sure because I don't want to answer this wrong. Like I can't just answer you because I gotta confirm what the last thing we decided was.
0: Yeah. You know, that, and- that, by the way, is a is a hassle with co-designing too. Because sometimes mm-hmm. I don't know what my co-designer wrote last. Because I haven't tested it. No, I don't that's know. Fair. It's that's fair. <laughs> I agree with them so- that I'll support them in their assertion, but I can't say it's true. So yeah, this is what we're <laughs> trying next. Okay. Um, so uh, what's the next question on Jesse's hit list?
1: And next one. What makes two designs different? And funny enough, that's sort of what you posed to me with the two area control games. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so what makes two
1: designs different?
0: Uh, I think the experience. Like I'm going to oh, go the experience, right? So the mechanics and the theme and all that kind of stuff, they might be different, but they also might be exactly the same, but it's the experience that you get out of the, the confluence of all these bits that you stick in the box um, that really make the game stand out or, or fall flat. Uh, for example, um, if, you're, if you were playing Korra, The Legend of Korra, preventing arena that Jesse and I made, and originally it was a deck builder and say it's a deck builder now, but the way that we had made it at the beginning was slow and ponderous, which is not at all what the show is like. The show is fast-paced mm-hmm. and dynamic and the bending is super fun and super cool. And so we had to make the game replicate that experience. <laughs> and so again, I think experience is really what is going to distinguish games that are similar. Um, for uh, If you're talking just deck building in general, um, you know, why I dislike dominion and why i like say star realms um part of it is the experience part of it is Mm -hmm. the hand clogginess uh that you have to have hand clogging things to win in dominion that's weird i don't i don't like that i'd rather have useful things um the other thing about dominion is literally the experience of sorting things up and cleaning them up and putting them out there no fun for me i don't enjoy that so i'd rather have a river of cards that you buy from as opposed to (coughs) let's set up these five specific decks that may or may not intersect well or interact Mm -hmm. well so they're the same mechanic they could literally be the same theme they aren't but they could be because they're just themes um but it's the gameplay, the experience of the gameplay that, you know, I've logged. I could, I could probably tell you how many games of Star Realm I've logged on the app um, versus my, you know, maybe 15, 20 games of Dominion. I, I've played probably 300 times more games of Star Realm because it's just faster and I, I like that experience better. Um, so, yeah, I, I think when you get down to it, what differentiates games that are similar is the experience. <laughs> I I would completely agree. Yeah, so much so that if a game doesn't do an experience better, why do I need it?
1: You know what? So I was thinking about this the other day actually with Clank because I actually think Clank in space is a better experience. And I think a big part of it is because it forces you from one end of the board to the other. Um, You know, and obviously people could argue whether or not they like the theme one way or another, but I actually like the gameplay experience more of Clank in Space and the original Clank even though realistically you could argue they're almost the same game cuz you know it's another version of the first one but it forces you to the tension is so much bigger i feel like in Clank in Space because of the uh that the idea of the noise and health and all this other stuff right so yeah yep send
0: for yeah. what about you um so- Do you think it's it's experience or could it be anything else?
1: I mean, think about it, there are certain games that they've all done the exact same thing. So why does one of them stand out? So there has to be something about it that is, if it's not experiential, it has to be a certain flavor. It could be something as simple as even artwork, but there's something about it Mm -hmm. that is so much more attractive than the other four versions of the same thing, because let's be perfectly honest, there's a lot of games that are just repeats of each other, whether they meant to or it was just a you know parallel designing. It happens all the time, and there's uh, there's even knockoff companies like that, that exist too. Mm-hmm. So if there's so many versions of this game, why does that one do well?
0: Right, and there's even games that have released that are very similar, uh, and you wonder, well, isn't that just time's up? that are, one with this on top yeah there's a lot of that one with this on top and, and why do those why do some games hit and some games don't is it the experience is it the zeitgeist is it the package is it the brand is it what is it i don't know i wish i did i think
1: it's oh no i think it's all of those things and unfortunately mm-hmm. it's never the same combination of those things that's why there is a huge percent of luck that goes into what actually gets noticed let alone picked up <laughs> because it's finding the right publisher, then the publisher has to handle it properly, and the publisher has to actually market it properly, and that marketing has to land in some way, and that is recognizable, right? Someone can spend right. a lot of money, someone can spend no money, get the exact same output because it hit the right time in the right place and had the right person talking about it. Um, your game comes out, it looks just right enough on the shelves. If people start, you know, picking it up, like there's so many factors that go into it that it there you have to say as much as you could do everything right, it could still go wrong. So it has to be an intangibility of, let's just call it (coughs) luck, right? Right. Because why is that one of the seven recognized? Well, unless it's just
0: purely you dumped enough money behind it, luck. Right. I'm just going to say hi to Helena. Hi,
1: how's your setup going?
0: Messaging us from Origins. Um, Helena, Origin uh, crews are all setting up right now. Is one of our wonderful... Patrons, as is Paul Saxberg, as is Shem Phillips. So, <coughs> thank you very much to our patrons for supporting us. We're doing cool stuff. Like, look at all the stuff we've got on the screen going around right now, which is great. <laughs> We're working on it. We are totally we've got <laughs> some stuff to announce in the future as well. So, yeah, we got big, big stuff. stuff, big dreams, big hopes. So, what's it, is there one more question from Jess? Two. Oh, they're right, different though. Oh yeah, variety. Okay,
1: next one is how do you actively pursue novelty in your designs? Do you set aside ideas that are too similar to things that you've done before or do you try to start from a new place? So I think it's novelty and then intentionally, we sort of talked about that part, intentionally blocking off ideas you've done before so you don't do them.
0: (laughs) I definitely know that Jesse and I, when we design together, we intentionally diverge like, oh, we've already done that. Let's do something else. Now, that said, um, Jesse is kind of like, let's do deck building, but this way. And I see that mm-hmm. as divergent to a point. <coughs> so
1: enough so if you're playing, I mean, that's the thing with mechanics is, I mean, not all mechanics, I'll be fair. But some mechanics have enough flexibility within them that the theme can be driven enough that that's really what makes it different. Mm-hmm. And then there's other things where no matter what it's in, you're going to recognize it. And I guess it depends if you liked how they did it.
0: Yeah. So what about you? How do you purposely, do you purposely like sideboard things for later, put them in a parking lot?
1: I think I do. Cause I, I, as I, I mean, it's twofold. Number one, cause I really do want to try new things all the time. I like the challenge. I like the push. I like, I, I like the exercise of it. It's, mm-hmm. I like to, actively not always be in a comfort zone. So I can learn new things. It's probably the teacher in both of us. Um, right. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that's it's, yeah, I think, yeah, it's definitely intentional. I won't say I won't ever do the same thing, but there's part of me that also feels like I'm still the same thing. (laughs) Well, I'm new enough to the industry too, that it's like, I also don't want to really be known for anything if that's absolutely fair. True. Uh I just want to be like, sure, you want me to make that? Sure, I made this. Sure, this is over here.
0: You just want to have you fun. Know?
1: I just want opportunities to make games. And so besides the challenge of being diverse, it also means that I get to work with different types of people. Like it achieves a lot of things for me. Yes. So it might open me up to new co-designers. I've talked to tons of publishers by this point and all of it was because i had a variety of genres of games so i mean it's a really positive uh, reputation but daryl and i are kind of known that it's like what's in the bag of stuff right like it's like yeah. we literally walk around with a suitcase that you're like you're looking for this game okay you're looking for this game okay right you yeah know, so people and- know
0: that you're gonna have something to offer them no matter who they are
1: Yes, because we're not specific, and and again, we've talked about this on other shows. Obviously, we do research first to think about, you know, we have spreadsheets on who we're pitching what, and because it's appropriate for them, and stuff like that. Do your homework, right? Yes, Um, do your homework.
0: Last question.
1: Yes. So, oh, we can talk about novelty. Really yeah. quickly, because I like I like novelty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will fully admit to that, but I need the novel thing to be integral to the game. So I want it to be essential in some way. Um, but I like novelty. I mean, at its core, that's exactly what the Kadama three D was. It was it was novelty of you stick things up, like when it was the crab, you're sticking, you're set collecting off of something. Right. I could have just had cards. It's just the same thing. <clears throat> but that's not fun. No. I want to see it build. I want it to grow. I want it to be. I like novelty. I like like presence.
0: There is a big um, call for presence as of late, just because with all the games that are coming out, like, we're talking thousands of games coming out a year in hobby. um, Mm -hmm. It's got to stand out in some way, and unfortunately the best mechanics in the world don't stand out at all if nobody's sitting and playing Looking game, in a game right yeah. so I that's why of, I have really
1: high hopes for the one I can't mention yet that's slowly yeah, killing that's gonna me look, look good love too it, right because I'm so excited <laughs> for what people think when they just see it. Like as as much as I hope they love the gameplay because you know I had to try to find a simple enough system for yeah. people pick up a combat game that don't normally pick up a combat game that's its own challenge right so hopefully i did it we'll find out but i'll tell you right now i don't care necessarily what the of gameplay. you're gonna be like what is that
0: thing yeah right that's so cool um was that jesse's last question was that about novelty uh so last last one. <clears throat> oh, is with
1: so many different designs on on the go do the wires get crossed and ideas for one game blend into another game? So basically, I think he's saying, like, how can you guarantee that you're not overlapping? Because if you're working more than one thing at a time, are they influencing each other?
0: I think you can't. I, I you know, it's hard to escape that. Um, when I write music, oftentimes I'll write, you know, one melody and some of it will bleed into the other, right? And mm. um, just even when I'm writing like an RPG right now with Banana. Some of my ideas from that are bleeding over into some board game stuff that i'm doing Like, oh i could use it there and it's just like well wait a minute i want to keep that separate i want to make sure that i'm not crossing the streams so to speak but also that i'm not yeah. you know that i'm not diluting it by by making it everywhere <clears throat> that i want to keep it separate and special um and so nowadays i i, I look at deck building as merely a tool one tool mm-hmm. in the box And so, if I have deck building plus a couple other things in there, I'm okay. Right? A pure deck builder, I don't think I'll ever build a pure deck builder again. So,
1: yeah, I was gonna say deck builder is its own thing. Like, there's a lot of mechanics you can pick out where you're like, there's only so many things you can do with that because, again, it's an obvious mechanic. Thing with deck building, it's more like a delivery system. So, I think there couldn't be all these collectible card games, you know, on basically the same format, except for they all play so differently so yeah. that's really what it comes down to is i think of it's interesting some mechanics are more delivery systems and yeah, so we, there we, is so many things you can do as, with them.
0: Uh, we like it because it delivers narrative deck building mm. feels like a story to us like i'm mm. telling the story of the deck <laughs> the deck just happens to be my character or whatever right
1: so i gotta say i think i mean games is parallel Uh, designing things at the same time can sometimes assist each other. I don't think they hinder each other too much.
0: Yeah, I I think
1: they can assist because, yeah.
0: I find while, you know, while taking my mind off of one thing, I'll work on another thing and I'll solve the problem that was in game A while I'm working on game B, right? So there's all that kind of stuff.
1: That's what I was going to say. Yeah, you, you at least I do, I need separation from an idea for an order to come back to it with new thoughts on it. If I thought about it too long... I'll stop thinking creatively. I'll stop thinking in a new line because it's too much. <coughs> yeah, you'll same. Just kind of I mean brute that force it. Though.
0: Oh, this has to be done and finished. And it's no longer yeah. creative. It's a it's now a job. Yeah. It, well, the, the thing, thing is, is
1: that, Well, there's always gonna be work elements. You can't yeah, help same. it. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think I couldn't manage that without actually doing more than one game at a time. If mm-hmm. I didn't have something to flip over to, I don't know if my process would be the same
0: right 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 i get what you're saying cool well it's nine fifty-seven. so thank you so much everybody for joining us we've got a couple things to talk about at the end here let's see if my button works no it does not <laughs> my button's not working it's going to the wrong thing next week uh we will be talking about inside the industry so erica tell us mm. who's coming on next week and what are we going to be talking about
1: uh, actually, we're going to have one of our first looks into a design studio, a larger one, mm. actually, Forrest Brazan. And we're going to obviously talk a little bit about what does it mean to be bought by a big company and sort of like what Funko. that meant for the employees like Funko and what that meant for the employees. Um, not going to s- spoil anything, so I'll let them explain. But we're going to actually have Nathan Weissman coming on. He's a full time contracted designer with Forrest Brazan. Uh, and we're actually hoping to get um, a couple other people on. Uh, from them for our new season as well, because uh, what's really neat about a design house is that they get approached with all these crazy projects and kind of say, okay, go. And that gets to be their job. And so there are very few places that that kind of thing happens. It's going to be interesting.
0: Mm -hmm. Really, really looking forward to seeing that. So uh, next week on the Meeple's favorite show, nine o'clock Eastern standard time right here on Facebook Live. Myself, Erica, and hopefully he's back from Greece by then, I think. And we'll have Nate Wiseman on with us. So, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can reach us on the Facebook page, uh, Meeple Syrup and Meeple Syrup Shop Talk. And Erica, where are you when you are online? Uh,
1: mo- most of my game stuff is at on Twitter, at Frenemy Games. And I found out, like, a month ago, I have an Instagram, guys. What? I didn't know I had one. So, I actually... Have maybe a total of nine whole pictures up there because you know wow. I found out about it only a month ago. And I'm very proud of my 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 hundred followers in my month of discovering I had Instagram. Someone followed me randomly the other day, and I was like, "What do you mean you followed me on Instagram? I have Instagram. When did I have Instagram? Apparently, you have Instagram. I, not even one photo, <laughs> so I don't know when it happened. But I was I've, like, "Oh, I I've guess I never should
0: never done use Instagram. Those? Maybe maybe it's a thing." I don't know. All right. So, Be yes, welcome. I'm also on Instagram now. <laughs> uh, and you can find me at Senfeng Lim on Twitter. Jesse's at TT Void. Uh, he never answers. So, don't tag us as well when you're tagging him and we'll answer. Just send forward. it to
1: us. We'll tell yeah. him.
0: And, oh, hey, some some interesting stuff uh, that just came up uh, regarding our Patreon. So, we're on Patreon at www.patreon.com. Slash Meeple Syrup. I'm trying to bring it up on this thing here. There we go. And uh, yeah, we are up to 15 or 16 patrons now, which is awesome. Excellent. We'll just keep that going. Thank you so much for everybody who's watching right now, who is a patron. We highly appreciate it. Uh, Today, if you are a patron today, you got a brand new infographic from us. That's what you got. Thank you very much for being a patron. So you get a week early access to are infographic. How to pitch and, to Publishers. Yeah, yeah, just our in time honest, yeah. for Origins Game Fair. So if you're on your way to Origins Game Fair and you want to see that How to Pitch for Publishers infographic from three industry pros, you know, any pledge level will instantly get you access. If not, you'll have to wait two weeks until it's released to the public. So um, yeah, two weeks on Wednesday. So the 26th, it will be released to the public. Um, And that's how we're going to do things from now on in a lot of ways. We'll be uh, getting some, Oh, we have some really big news. Uh, I can't say anything about it yet because I really don't know the logistics behind it, but it's going to be pretty cool when it happens. Uh, We're happy to uh, become part of something a little bit bigger, which is cool. And that will allow us to do a little more work on the audio side, which I know a lot of people are looking for things to listen to. That is our goal. And stuff, right. And that was Part of our goal, and somebody saw that that was part of our goal and said, Hey, you know, we might not be able to fund that, but can we make it happen? We're like, Sure, let's do that I'm instead. Back. So, we may be changing our very first Patreon goal to something different soon. Uh, but what we might be doing, uh, what we'll be doing as well as that, is some really cool stuff with uh, we're becoming part of a podcast network. I'll let that much spill right now, and Erica. Uh, is going to be doing a whole lot of work on the audio side. So thanks to Erica for doing that. Uh, and we'll have episodes up. We'll have uh, episodes from the vault that we're going to clean up and put into audio with, you know, a little bit of a nice trailer uh, and an intro so that the song's there still. A new song, by the way, not the pirate song. Because uh, Erica yeah. doesn't like the if pirate you song ch- so much. I don't.
1: Uh, if you haven't <laughs> checked out our YouTube Channel don't forget to go to there. So what I've started doing is cleaning up a lot of the videos and filling them in There's still a few more to go for this season but you're gonna start noticing that the slightly like cleaned up version of these uh, Videos will be popping up on YouTube and we're just about caught up on the season So uh, that's because of all the lovely patrons uh, we're, We we're trying to fulfill what we said we would and we really are trying to upgrade everything So yep, if you cool. haven't checked it out you know, pop over the YouTube channel if you wouldn't mind giving us a subscribe or even some likes and some videos and see what you think of the new format.
0: Right. And oh, by the way, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, do still go to the Patreon page, uh, www.patreon.com slash people syrup, because we do other stuff there. Like we post other things there that don't go anywhere else. And a mm. lot of it is available to them. people who are not yeah. patrons. You can still see it there. Uh, you can follow and still not have to give any money. And that's totally fine. We still love you. Um, and then if you find, hey, you know what? I would have liked Patreon. a nice place to get that kind of stuff. So there you go. Anyway, uh, goodbye to everybody. Have a great Origins Game Fair. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, just as a note, if you are a designer and have a family weight <coughs> deck building game, uh, Helena Capel of Burnt Island Games and Kids Table Board Games is looking Nudge, nudge, run quick. Yes. She is publisher right now. Looking for. <laughs> yes. We'll tell everybody else. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh so best of luck to everybody at Origins Game Fair if you're pitching or if you're receiving, uh, have a good one. And we'll see you guys all next week when we are at, talking inside the industry with Nate Wiseman about the Funko acquisition of Forest Prazan and what it's like to be a designer in a design house. Cool. Yeah. All right. We'll see you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Meeple Syrup Show. If you'd like to support us on all of our projects, please check out our Patreon page. We can be found at www.patreon.com backslash Meeple Syrup. Until next time, make some great games.